Welcome into episode 113. If you are on the audio podcast, and you, you probably don't know that anything's different, but we are in the studio that we've been talking about. We didn't really name drop studio. We kind of said we're up to something. This is what yeah, we're up to. It's true. This is it. And we've we've gathered everything from the, the history of, I guess, us as NYCFC fans and the podcast and have kind of compiled it every which way around this whole room. And I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. And I'm happy to be back to kind of having a home for the pod. I think the studio is kind of throwing us off a little bit. I think the fact that it, it felt like we took a break too, but we mm-hmm. didn't. With our last game being the draw where Bucky scores and on the other side we immediately give up. Soft penalty. It's a very soft penalty. Our feelings on the referees is the season hasn't changed. It's just been ridiculous how poor they've been. Um, mm-hmm. Never a pen for me. I thought when they looked at it that they were going to overturn it, but not our Well, it's, it's unlucky for Sands, too, who has kind of had a tough time. I felt it, I guess you could call it getting back into the team because he was out on injury. It was, it was a mixture of factors, and then Perea has come in and looked like an absolute world beater to the point where we've talked about potentially preferring Perea over Sands on the field at the moment. Yeah. So giving up that pen is a big hit to the morale and to the confidence of him, and I think of the team too. I'm not sure at this point are we. Is this like a the season is chalked episode? I honestly don't know. That was a big I mean, home game to drop points in. We should have won, but I really don't see it as a negative thing as much as I did in the moment. We go, we get a win, we get a draw. That's much better than the past six, seven game run that we were on. We were pretty consistently losing. Not a loss. It's not a loss, and I think. We're going to continue to live to fight another day, probably until Messi comes into town. Yeah. Or we go we into go, Messi's yeah, town. we go to Messi's town. But, yeah, I mean, the state of the club, what do you think? Your outlook on the club right now versus maybe last week or the week before. The other day, the MLS, they put out their graphic of, as it stands right now, these are the playoffs, and it had the whole right. bracket. And what became apparent to me in that moment, seeing that, is our best-case scenario. Our absolute... Best case scenario, what is most likely to happen is we're going to either be the 8th or the ninth seed in a best case scenario. And have to play. And, and Miami is going to be the 8th or the ninth. Whatever we aren't, Miami's going to be that. And we have to play them in a playing game. Mm. Right? So we have our, our one game playoff against them. And then, if by a grace of God, we beat God, the soccer God, that yeah. is Messi, and his whole crew of animals, we then have to play Cincinnati. And we saw what happened. Was it a week or two ago yeah. when we played a Cincinnati that will be in way worse shape in the game that they swamped us 3-0 than they will be in the game against us where they'll most likely have a week off because they're going to buy. They're on a historic point run. So I just, to me, does checking the we made the playoff box matter if Messi stomps us week one or Cincinnati kills us week two? Like I feel all making the playoffs will do for us is validate people we don't want to validate. Dangerous game. That's all it does. Is that yeah. we we drag this team by the hair to the playoffs, and that's why we all deserve jobs. It's dangerous. And game I said all we all deserve jobs because it's more than one. Yeah, more than one person. Yeah. But with Miami, I just feel could you really? I feel like I wouldn't be able to enjoy it because I know it's only short lived. I know it's only going to be for a few years, and it's over. I, I just couldn't live with myself. With that. Well, the thing is, I think a lot of the fans at the moment are short lived as well. Of the team. Oh, yeah. They haven't like, been around Have you seen the amount of, the of Messi fans versus Inter fans? Full kit. Full, full kit. kit. When you're a 37-year-old man <laughs> wearing a full kit. Wait, where were we? we? We were somewhere random in Connecticut, and we saw 
a messy Miami. Or no, no, no. I was up in Vermont yeah. when we took our break. I saw oh. a full kit messy in the middle of Vermont. Of all places, just in the sticks, in the woods. Insane. If you're if you're an adult wearing a full kit, you gotta just ask questions of yourself and ask how you, how you got there. I don't know. You got a special order. <laughs> yeah. I, with the game, I don't know. I really don't know how to feel. Baki gets the goal, but it's kind of you said it's from the yeah. from the keeper. Overall, I thought we played better than we have for the past few games, but not necessarily good at all. Like I wouldn't classify it as a as a draw that we should have won. Well, I feel, we've, I feel pretty removed from the game, too, at this point. It's only been so long, but we've, uh, as a club and fan base, transitioned into the next international break. We don't have the Red Bulls until next Saturday, so we've got quite a layoff, and we've already experienced quite a layoff by now. And it's just, we have always talked about how we don't like the team taking breaks because it always goes poorly for us, and it's just been kind of quiet in general. I don't know if that leads to all of us kind of group thinking that we are in... And for a long winter. Well, one thing is I was going to say that I would hope that with the break, it would allow some of the guys that were injured to kind of rest up. But it seemed none of the injuries coming out of that game with Baki, Burke, and Tiago, and Maxi, which is another story I'll get to in a second. But all three of those guys coming out with minor injuries that are going to be fine. And maybe they could use the extra time that they're going to get from, from this little break. But Maxi posting that his season's done. And that is, it, it's, it, that was probably the biggest pain from this season so far. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because he really was only here for a blink of an eye. Yeah. And he's gone already. I don't know, for Maxi at his age, I don't know what this really means for him. I don't know if he already had surgery. I just am worried with him at his age. Like his body. The physicality and what it's actually going to take to get back. And then once you are back, we've seen, even in our club history, but across every sport, once you have an injury like that, there's some players that just never come back. For yeah. us, Hey Bear was that. Hey Bear was on a tear, a record-setting pace. I think only Villa had a better game-to-goal ratio. He gets the ACL and he comes back and is just a shell of the human that he was. So I hate it for Maxi too, but I think a lot of the good qualities that Maxi provides to our team right now, he can do without an ACL. In the way coach that, him. as a coach and as a locker room leader and a, a morale leader, he could still do that, which would be very helpful. And as much as if he could be on the field, that would be best case scenario. But we d- we won't lose that part of Maxi, which I think we desperately needed since week one. And yeah. it, unfortunately, it took us twenty seven weeks to get what we needed. And there there's responsible parties for that, and everybody knows who they are. But we we can still leverage Maxi in that way, even though the knee is is not okay. Yeah, when you're watching a 34, 35-year-old Maxi busting his ass to get back from an ACL, and you're this young dude that can't even sprint 30 yards without being looking like you're dying, you got to look at that and be like, okay, i got to get something together. i got to fix this. I have to be better. I have to be in the gym as much, if not more, than that guy. It's going to be hard to from the sideline. It's going to be really hard to when you don't have that guy barking at you on the field. Yeah. And now Chanot's gone. So I don't know. I honestly don't know who on the team is barking. Alfredo, he's got to start. <laughs> I guess. We're at that point. And for a moment, I thought we were punished by the soccer gods. When yeah. when Burke gets subbed out, and then the last 10 minutes of the game, Tiago is, yeah, not the club. And Tiago is literally hobbling around the 18-yard box, not leaving it. Appears that he can't run if he needed to. Yeah. Everything came out that they're both good. But for a moment, I was like, hey, this is what... Not we deserve, but this is what 
Cushing or David Lee or the front office kind of deserve. You put us right. in a position where you ship out club legend center back, who I guess at the least you probably could have kept him as depth, but that's clearly not something that Chano wanted to deal with because they told him he was deaf, I'm assuming, and he said, well, I'm going home. And then they said, that's one theory. See you later. And he, he called them on their bluff, I guess. That's a theory. Yeah, I, that's all I can imagine is him being unhappy with playtime. But I, th- I think it was telling the state of the, the people, the club, and the powers that be within it that in that NYCFC 2 game versus Philly, we saw Justin Hack and we saw Nico at center back. We saw these dudes actively getting reps in important games for them, for NYCFC 2, because I think the club saw exactly or saw and thought exactly what we did, which was, oh no, if they go down, our, our already probably over season is definitely over. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get these guys, at least at least get some guys that are able to play on the field. Yeah. I don't know. I well, think... it has to be somebody. We have a lot of really exciting kids on NYCFC 2. Yeah. MD Myers, legit golden boot leader in NYCFC 2. I believe at some point earlier in the season, Jonathan Jimenez was either tied with him or had that himself, and now MD has taken right. it over. And then you said Nico, he's gotten a debut for the first team. And then you have your hack, your Turnbull, your Kevin. I turned on the NYCFC oh, 2 game. Team. These guys have all been first team players for a long stretch yeah. of games this year, but they're starting NYCFC 2. So right. I don't know what. That says the, the quality of our first team has probably been less than what we want it to be. That speaks a lot of volumes, but I think I think our the fact that we aren't calling those dudes up in what we as fans consider very pivotal games that we should be winning and pushing for, we're not even calling those dudes up that could potentially help us because they're doing the playoff push of their own. And it kind of, I don't know, it tells you where the mindset is for the clubs. Yeah. I honestly think that we value an uh, the next pro championship over an MLS Cup. Right well, at now. the at the moment, probably because one is way easier to get than yeah. The but other. like one, I, I feel even making the playoffs makes you more money than winning MLS Next Pro. Yeah, it's silly. Like, but we've been doing that all year. MD and and Jimenez have been putting in the service that is required to have these accolades that they currently have in that MLS Next Pro. And I guess Gabe, Gabe. To be fair, got called up from NYCFC too. He only got what three or four runs from us, and then we just shipped him yeah, to, that's to true. Tel Aviv. Shipped, shipped him to some. Who cares? Tel Aviv Baki as the only as, strike. As all of the commentators on every single game is, oh, we'll just wait till they get their nine. Wait till they get their nine. I don't see how that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how when the nines you have on the roster are just Baki, not yeah, to not like, Baki. Even before that, you send him out. It was just Gabe, and he wasn't bad, but he wasn't amazing. And so we go and get Baki, we go and get a couple of guys, and then we ship out Gabe. Like that, that made no sense to me at all. Yeah. It, it just shows that, that there's no serious intent behind the season anymore. To me, I don't think there is. I just don't think there's any thought happening, period. I, I was going to say thought understand. behind anything. Yeah, I don't understand how that could happen. But yeah, I don't know how you level any of the moves that we made. No, none of it. And, none. and the moves that we haven't made. Yeah. Which, okay, is it more important to make a playoff push in the MLS, or is it more important to finish with the highest score in MLS Next Pro? Or how does Gabe get sent out, and on the same day, you're not calling up MD, right. JJ, right. somebody from that team? Because we do not have another striker on saying. our first-team roster as a professional soccer team. That's just, it doesn't even make sense that that's a real sentence. And then you have you have Justin Hack and, and Nico playing well. Yeah. 
but never you're telling me they can't come in and get minutes for Tiago while he's literally playing with one leg and hopping around the field. Yeah. That is he insane like, to me. He actually looked worse than Tavon in the yeah. playoffs that one game. Well, because I think Tavon was putting on a show. I don't know. Why would you? Because he loved the booze. Shout out to Tavon, too. He got called up to the Jamaican team. Which is a nationality switch. It was a good move for him because I'm not even sure he's the best all-time NYCFC right-back American that could be selected for the national team right now. Right. It's Scali existing. Yeah. No, Scali is insane. Yeah. It's it's crazy that he's actually developed in, into the player that he is, considering he didn't play at all for us. But I think it's good for Tavon. Same with Elenich. He He's been called up every window, I think, so far, but same with him. He'll be competing these two weeks. Yeah. That'll help when he comes back. He needs to do something. He needs to compete somewhere. Where do you... In terms of hotness of the seat. I wouldn't from, be able to sit on it. Not from the, well, from a fan perspective. But from a CFG or an FO perspective, oh. the seat's in the freezer, right? Like, not at all. Where, what do you think the FO's thoughts are on Cushing at the moment? Well, so how, as a manager, typically you, you stand on the touchline and you direct and things like that. And Cushing you don't prefers to sit. And bite your nails and don't worry about your job. So I feel in the case that they want him to sit in a, in a seat period... He's going to be standing up, so he's not even feeling the seat at all. Okay, that's one way to take it. See, I thought it was nerves. Every time I see Cushing, what I see in his head is, oh, well, I'm getting fired. But I could see that one where it's, I'm so comfortable. He's just sitting there with Medi. Medi's out. He was on the touchline talking to him during a game. I didn't even know that was allowed. I thought, I thought it was a one manager per, per, per box. Per box, I guess. But in that same way, there were rumors before the Toronto Leagues Cup game. Right, that, that he was out. Which, so I, I don't know how you could be that close. Right, and far now. I don't know how you could be 90 minutes away from being okay with firing him if you're the FO and then be very comfortable with him now. Right. So I, my optimistic self thinks that we're probably close. But I think the playoffs are it's, their, it's gonna be their end of the season. factor. I think the playoffs are their decision. I think, well, because I don't think that they want an interim manager. Yeah. Again, I don't think that they want that. I want. I don't think so either. Yeah, I want to know whoever the next guy is is going to be the guy for a while, even if that's six months to a year. I want to know that that that's what it is. I, I would prefer a little more transparency. I understand we have the facade of the Yankees ownership and corporate and all that stuff. A little bit more transparency. I don't want. I don't want them to come out and be like, yeah, dude, we're gonna fire Cushing at the end of the season. But if he makes well, that's or not, you can't say that. Can't because then why show up to the games if you're Cushing? I guess a paycheck, yeah. Um, but then you're really not fighting. At that point... The thing really is that I really... Pushing. As really, a guy? I really wish that it was going better and that he was the guy. Yeah. It was clear, very clearly our guy forever. I just don't... I don't see any evidence of it. And I would love to sit... I would talk to that dude, no, no lie, for nine hours in a row and not... Yeah. I'd have the best time of my life. Yeah. But I just don't see the evidence that he's going to ever change and be a massively winning coach in the men's game. I guess in your mind, what has been the biggest offense, uh, or I don't know what you would call it, the biggest uh, cushionism that you can't, you can't move past it? I just think what we thought were going to be the biggest perks of Cushing were the, were the things that ruined the, the locker room. What every single piece of everything that we were building is gone for every reason that we thought was going to be positive for Nick Cushing. We thought the fact that he was so from the club, 
he made the song after we won the 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 cup. He's he had relationships with the players that other managers wouldn't have had. He really cared about the players, and that was going to be the thing. In my opinion, that that mentality made them walk all over him. Yeah. And and at that point, he's been, in my opinion, he's probably been walked over all season. And so now he's at the point where he's in the hot seat. And somebody who's in the hot seat and has never had control is going to do outlandish things to get control again. Piss off Chanel and ship him off. Oh, I don't care who you are. You're gone if you're not listening at this <laughs> yeah. point. When, when you get to the end of the semester and your grade is not where you, where you want it to and be. You're going to go beg, dude. You're going to beg or you're going to do the outlandish things that it takes to get that markup because yeah. you need those credits Dude. and it's or even when you're when you're trying to do anything and right. it's it gets down to the final hour and all right well now i have to be serious all right. over you overcorrect so you've been so far this way and really we just need you to get to the middle if you're at zero miles per hour we just need you at 50 but then you're all right i have six weeks i'm going a thousand miles an hour now or think about it this way back when we work really. together and I was, I was a manager. As a manager, was I ever really? I was the lad's lad. Get yeah, through this together, yeah. guys. You guys are gonna, you guys are gonna look out for me because I'm looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. And then it would never happen. And what I, what I'd have to do is literally go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. And start doing outlandish things, bro. Well, I, I, but you, I don't know. I you didn't even, you didn't even get to that point. Which not with you, because you, it, for you, I like, see it, yeah. But but I know what you mean, yeah. So it's the same thing. I, I just feel it's when the, the district manager is going to show up. And like, Holy shit, we have one hour to make this store. Yeah. Meet every procedure. Oh my God. Check every box. All of a sudden, I got to get out of this office, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, he would be an amazing coach to maybe go back to the women's game and continue to, to do what he was doing over there, which was really, really successful. Or I think go somewhere with less stakes. Somewhere where he's not going to, I don't know if he, if he, if this is his, his managing style because he knew the guys coming in, a promotion from within type of thing, where, we oh, dude, I used to talk all kinds of shit about this, this job in this yeah. position, and now I'm the dude, and now I have to act, I care. Whereas if you go somewhere else and you're, com- you're, you're an external person coming into a situation, you can kind of lay the foot down and then create relationships yeah. off of that. Oh, and I think the for as much as NYCFC doesn't get play in the traditional media, and fuck them anyways, because we, we honestly, we don't care about you as much as you don't care about us. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's probably not the eyes that we want either. And I just get the feeling that despite the lack of that traditional media and, and the new stations and us being the Giants or the Jets or something for the city, the lights are still bright. Our fans sure. are very, very loud when we don't you or when we're not supportive of what you've given to the club so far, which hasn't been good. And I think that creates a lot of unnecessary stress and not unnecessary, it is kind of necessary because stresses need to be applied if you're not doing your job. And some people crack under pressure and that stuff is hard to get over. So I think the, the, and even in the MLS, for whatever people want to say, it's not the 2000s anymore. This is a very competitive league with the large fan bases across the board, especially depending on what city you're in. If you go to Atlanta, if you go to Charlotte, St. Louis, Cincinnati, we're playing in front of 40,000 people. This is not, I don't know if there's prem stadiums that can fill 40K people. And not all the MLS stadiums no, are either, yeah. so let me, yeah. let me not say that. But we are, we are on par with and above with our most popular clubs, with leagues like that, around the whole world. And that creates pressure. And right. I'm not sure, I think he might need to hone himself in a less 
competitive environment, and then maybe he can get back to a level this, which is crazy to say. And it's not yeah. really, because MLS is good, but... Yeah. No, it's not a knock to him. Melbourne City. I don't want to knock what they are, or Montevideo or something like that. I think the, the ultras or the fans of probably Montevideo for sure, or even Melbourne, are crazy. Right. Or Yokohama, same thing, because around the world, they care way more than us about soccer. But I just think they're more willing because they have a traditional soccer mindset right. where it's not like the manager loses three games, all right, you're canned, you're right. out. They don't have that around the world from what I've seen. They're a lot more willing to be understanding how soccer works as right. a sport. These things happen. So it might allow him more breathing room right. to right himself when things go wrong because with us, like I said, it's three games, it's five games. There's going to be banners in the supporter section yeah. for you, which There's is gonna be crazy. That, that really don't do it yeah. They don't, yeah, and they don't care about your life, but they want your job. And I, not that we've been super one way or the other all season, I feel like we've been pretty fair and, and down the middle and blaming blaming Nick for what Nick has done, blaming the front office for what the front office has done, yeah. being the players in, in certain situations, which I don't care who you are, what you say, what your experiences are, players 100% are to blame in situations. You can't just say, no, you, they're, unless you are controlling these guys with a literal controller, you got a remote and I tell you to go right and you go right. You, you absolutely can and have to blame the players in certain situations. But you look at the fact that that graph that came out, been well over a year of time elapsed and he's won, what, 17 games in that time? Yeah. Six of them this year. I think we just got our seventh win. Yep. That, that just can't happen. And you look at the impact that that's happening in Miami. The manager comes in and takes a literal bag of crap and turns it into gold. And yes, part of that is Messi, but Messi can only do so much. Those players physically had to get better or they were not going to play. Well, because Tata demanded it. Right. They had to physically adapt or they weren't going to be there. there there's not going to be running for 30 yards and being winded. That, that's not going to happen on an Inter-Miami team as long as Messi and that manager is there. Well, and there were people uh, when he came in. Was it Pizarro? He was their DP. Right. They Gone. cut him. They straight up cut him from his DP Gone. contract. They didn't even, and the window was open. They didn't try to deal him. They were like, Tata's, I, I don't profile. And you're not going to be at the level of a replacement that I have, which right. is messy. Nobody will be. But he's very decisive with the players that he does and does want. And yeah, you said if you mess up, you're out. And fair play probably to everybody on Miami because everybody, almost everybody has seemingly stepped up. Which yeah. is, it's really, it's a insane story. I don't know what has caused, whether it's Kramaski at 18 or Kamal Miller, all of a sudden, we're getting Drake calendar call-ups. These, yeah. I don't know, these, all these things have stepped up. Well, they're, they're not only playing for the manager, but they're playing for Messi. And that's kind of when you're playing, when we're playing above our level at pickup, and we're like, I don't want to mess up because of this person. Yeah. There's that, but at the same time, it's, it's a mentality thing, it's a respect thing, and I just don't know that there's massive respect for Nick Cushing. It, it just doesn't show. If there is, it just doesn't show. And I, I wish there was a way that I would believe it, but players coming out and being like, yeah, we respect him. It's, you have to, dude, he pays your checks. And I think to, to bring it back to, so we started the, the Cushing conversation with your biggest gripe of him. And I think what that was to reiterate it was, we thought he was coming in as the locker room guy. Right, and that that would be a positive thing with Dan Campbell. Right, and it was not positive. Not. And I think for me, that, that was also a super big negative of Nick Cushing. But for me, I think the biggest thing is just the the tinkering. Right. The tinkering 
was out of control. I think we, and I don't know, we're, we're talking in past tense. Right, so, I'm like, that was, was. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the text that I did not get? It, it, it was, it has been, and it is. The tinkering is out of control. And that's not only formation, and I, Scott Churchill on Twitter put together records related to, I think, six different formations that we used this, used this season. And we've been pretty shoddy across the board in all of them. Not really any major, okay, oh, we got a lot of wins with this one, but a lot of losses with it. Like a lot it was, of just a lot of blue balls. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of bad across the board. But the fact that we're at six formations, and then the one thing that I don't think that tweet totally showed was, so yeah, we can have a 4-2-3-1, right? And we played, let's say, 10 games in that. How many of those games was it the same players in that 4-2? Twice, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we had five different groups of personnel that played in that. The constant tinkering, the constant lineup change. We had guys that we thought were Nick Cushion guys, and we were okay, cool. It's fine if he's your guy. Hack. Hack, at the start of the season, started for Nashville, played his ass off. We're as... I think the resident hack supporters in the podcast and the NYCFC community were, let's go. He's, it's, this is hacks breakout season. And then I don't think he started week two. And no. then didn't start until week six when Sands left on international duty. Right. And then hack came back in and it's okay. And then the same thing happened with the, the roundabout or the merry-go-round at one point of Turnbull, Alenich, Tavon, all that right back. It's, yep. You have to pick one of these guys and you have to stick with somebody. You have to, you have to allow somebody to get into form. Especially when we are the youngest team in MLS. Yeah. You have to allow these young guys to find themselves. And if you're going to play a Lennox for 20 minutes, he's not going to play the next week. He's going to play 40 minutes. And he's going to be a starter. And then we're not going to see him for three months. Right. How do you expect this 18-year-old that is 10,000 on the other side of the globe from his home to, I guess, not only back you, but find comfort? How is he going to find comfort? Right. Well, and that's that's the thing where you look again, and Miami are doing something that that is crazy to go from that bad to that good that fast, and it doesn't happen often. But think about how fast they found their best lineup. It was took them two days. Yeah, they found their best lineup. They found out who are the players that we are going to succeed with, and who are the ones that we are not going to. Yeah, and who are subs too? Right. It's so and it's so funny because. I've, I think we've all watched so many Miami games all of a sudden, and it's given me a different light because we, we know too much about all the players and about Cushing and everything, right. and we have our preconceived notions. We can look at Miami as a clean slate. Every single Miami game, he's going to start the same lineup. Gomez and the other kid, I can't remember his name, but Gomez and this other kid, they're always going to be subbed in at the 70th minute. Yep. Every single game it's happening. striker, they're going to change the and striker. And Farias is going to come in. At the, at the right. Every, every single game? He, he's got a, a game. Yeah. He thought about it before um, the kickoff. The, the other side to that argument that you brought up, that the tinkering here, which I, I fully agree with, and I think he'll he'll claim that this person's injured or this person's on international duty or X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Yes, that is somewhat true, and I will give you a pass for cert, certain things. So Tiago going out wasn't good. We weren't given very much depth. You weren't really backed in this this transfer window. Either one of them, pick pick and choose. We really weren't that backed. Not getting a nine until you have 10, 11 games left. That's not ideal. Now, those aren't circumstances that promote winning. But at the end of the day, if you, if you had just picked a lineup and stuck with it and you replaced only the pieces that were injured or that were on international duty, we wouldn't have to have civil wars about, about hack. 
and about O'Toole and about Barraza or Freeze or any of these players or why are we playing Talas? Why didn't we play Talas? Why did Talas look he didn't care? None of those things happen when you have consistency and accountability. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And so I, I think a lot of people were calling for us to give our opinion. And that for me, it's Cushing probably shouldn't be our, our manager for this upcoming season. It would take it would take the Eastern Conference Finals appearance for yeah. us not to get trounced in it. If we put on a good performance, maybe we got screwed by it. I don't but think so. I'm tired of like, the ref excuse anyways. I don't know. Or, or I don't know. It's just the same as last year. cup. Appearance. I, I don't even know that because in order for us to win an MLS Cup, other teams would have to go through tragedy. Yeah. They would have to lose key players. You don't think we could just find for them? No. Because no, and, and it's not, I know it's, it's not it's not to have a bad outlook, but there's no evidence of it at all. There's zero evidence you could point at and be okay, that right there, that shows you that we could turn us around. Not only that, but you you actively look at the other other teams in the league. The LFCs, the Nashvilles, the Miamis, the Cincinnatis. You look at those teams and you're like, we can't, we don't, have, you said, you literally said it yourself. We do not have one player on our team that can do what one player on LFC could have done. That, you know, where Triple Classico will be both. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Anyways. Well, but yeah, we don't have a single player that can do that. Yeah. And th- those are the reasons why we're not going to, if we do make the playoffs, it is literally just to say, in five years from now. Hey, we never, we never missed playoffs for that one season. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I don't know. I guess, yeah, there, there probably is not a scenario. The only thing that worries is has deep pockets and deep connections where they, I don't know if they could find another Ronnie Dyla diamond in the rough or whatever it is, but it just sucks because it, it doesn't feel like there's any of those marquee guys out there during the off season for us to replace them with. And it, su- it extra sucks because during the last offseason, we were all begging for players, but we were also begging for a manager, and we had Tata as an option. Realistically, CMG can write so. a blink. They can write a blink. Unless the messy thing the was already thing, in the works. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. If it wasn't, though, he could write a blink to anybody on the planet. True. And so we had potentially Tata. I was a free agent. I want agent. Jürgen, man. We, that was somebody, I don't know if we, that was a real option. I no, don't know if we'd so ever knew it. That. that was something we wanted. A lot of people call for Dome to come back. I also don't think that's realistic because I don't think Dome has any interest. Yeah, uh, none of the players really after know. yeah after what happened in the past with the whole outfield thing, and I think he was also very upset from a transparency perspective, which is crazy as a manager to be. I'm not allowed to say enough. Like, right. Yeah. So I think that probably soured the taste in his mouth for us. Well, um, we were much more Yankee corporate back then. Yeah, and then there was the other guy from Atlanta that got fired. I think. Moreno, Gerard Moreno, something like that, who has been pretty good. He fell out of graces at Atlanta, but I think that was one of the people that he's still available now, so maybe that's an option. But I just don't see a ton of marquee options available for management this offseason. And it sucks because both player both player personnel-wise and manager personnel-wise, we're now, it feels like we're a whole season behind because we just did nothing last year. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I want to, in an ideal world, if there really isn't, a marquee guy. I don't really know that I would want a marquee guy. I don't know if a marquee guy would want us. That, that's another thing, too, is looking at our roster. How do you really love that? Although, um, on paper, it's nice. Minus no nine, it's pretty nice. There's some guys you gotta get rid of, though, too. Yeah. But and I, I a, think. A good manager would. Yeah, for sure. Wouldn't and, even. That's the thing, though. I don't know which. They'd be banished to NYCFC, too, until. Well, is the FO going to back a new manager, anyways? I don't know. They didn't back Cushing, really. 
But I, I think if we go and get go through, identify throughout the league who are really outstanding assistants right now that look they're ready to take that next step mm-hmm. to being a full-time manager and really giving them a shot. If you take the, the assistant from Nashville right now. Or poach somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, no, that, or you could poach him. Oh, coach. manager. Yeah. I, I just don't know that you take, if Nashville comes second place in MLS Cup this year, I don't know that you poach their coach and yeah. say, hey, you want to come rebuild again? That happens, though. It does. It's rare, though. I feel if It you happened go, with Ronnie in the build. True. Dude, yeah. in the worst way. He did, did the going from Man U to Man City thing in the Belgian League. Yeah. After one season. After winning it with Liege, that... Ronnie's by his bag. That man, and he loves a challenge. Yeah. He loves it. And then he did his Ronnie Roar in the Derby. He beat them. That's crazy. He, I don't know, there's something about that man where, I don't I don't remember how old he is, but in 10 to 20 years, he might he might be the pep, the pep ear. I don't know. The heir apparent. The heir apparent. I don't know. Yeah. We got to get him back in the CFG system, though. I, yeah, I just, I just see us maybe poaching somebody and, and bringing over some mentality, some proper uh, tactics, and not just another name that it's going to come in and out of the building and whatever. Yeah. So. So that's 113. Yeah. The a, lot of, a lot more cushion talk than I thought we would have. Yeah. Well, it's slow. T's and P's to Maxi and his knee. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I think we should have looked better. I don't know how, how much better will sound. That kind of work in progress. That, that's up to technology. <laughs> that's a work in progress. And we have to fi- fix the scarves for, for audio listeners. I Honestly, cl- somebody clipped that jump scare. I, yeah, I'm a bitch. It's okay. I feel, yeah. I, I always forget about audio listeners and we do a lot of visual related Italian yeah, t- talk with talking and, and stuff. But what that noise was, if you heard Justin Yelp earlier, <laughs> was the entire, entire scarf fixture fell off the wall. So there's still work to do in the studio. Yeah. And it's and a work in progress. On, it'll be ongoing. And I think we'll probably, one thing I want to do is a MTV Cribs type thing, but for the studio, maybe go around and pick up each thing and explain why it's important to us or something. and Clean her up for the gram so we can show her off. Give, give people some background about the pod, because we probably have a lot of new listeners that haven't been around with us to know the championship run history, uh, at least our version of it, and traveling the way to Charlotte and going to every home game and all the different things about it, playing pickup outside Yankee Stadium, all the different things that kind of have made our fandom what it is and our podcast what it is so and our connection really to the club yeah so look out for that there is no timeline but, no timeline yeah Who and knows? there should be no expectations we're up to something <laughs> just say that there should be no expectations so but yeah i think it's it's good to be back in front of the cameras though there's a certain well this this place is hot in general yeah but there's a certain heat that comes from the kit from the lights that just kind of turns on mm-hmm. whatever is inside of us that allows us to be Hosts the way that the the bedroom episodes didn't right yeah it feels like, a little too those are kind of sleepy joes yeah. and uh, we need a little energy yeah so the, these lights bring that so we'll be back uh, after the derby which it's a long time away we won't be at I'm just bummed there's no soccer this weekend real soccer yeah but but the football kickoff weekend yeah we gotta get out of here and just Alika he drafted Travis Kelsey he had the first overall pick in our I still fantasy think it's draft a great pick. I think it's a I think it's a good pick still, but he drafted Kelsey one 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 overall, so that kind of tells you about how his Thursday was yesterday. It was terrible. Well, my whole week from Tuesday was ruined. Yeah. Shot. I found out Maxi was out for the year. 
I found out Kelsey was done for the week, and then slowly every tight end is starting to. Oh, and then I could. I was gonna say I could relate to the New York fans. I have Waller and Daniel Jones as my stack in fantasy. So Waller hamstring. Hamstring is not. I don't know. This is never mind. This isn't a. And this isn't the Giants podcast, and it never will be. I just think of the football, the new Lions, the brand new Lions, the brand new Lions. If they can get a dub, the New York football Giants can get. A w. Yeah. And uh, just to give people background on us, I thought maybe tell people more about us. Patriots fan. Steelers fan. Steelers fan. I feel like a lot of people know that though already. Yankees. Sox. Over there. And yes, you City United. That's City why. United. For Prem. That's why this ball is lit up in yeah. red. Yeah. To show my alliance to the, the occasional red side. I was going to say something. Crazy. Never the dead bull so. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. That's, that's us. Hard. Maybe maybe more to come. That's 113. We'll catch you after the Derby. Best of luck to the boys, to everybody going to the game. Hopefully the the New Jersey Dugs behave themselves. I, yeah. I, I think they always do at Yankee Stadium because they know their place. So stay safe and enjoy the game well, cause for us because we can't make it, so enjoy it. Our staff isn't stupid enough to do what was done, like to literally hurt people. Release them to the wolves. Yeah. Bums. So stay safe, guys, is one that we wanted to make it out to, but... Wedding calls. Absolutely unbelievable. Completely unfortunate. So I'll do it. Peace. We'll see you guys next week.